Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Callahan, And hey, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And Sean, it's your turn this week and um, kind of appropriate that in, a, in this era of everything changing that your story is about change. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, mine starts out in 2003. It was a time when the, the British cycling industry, if you like, was in for this massive change. And uh, I don't know if you remember back then, Mark, but the poor old British cycling team hadn't had a gold for practically ever. Uh, 1908, in fact, was their, their last gold medal. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> so, that's a century. 95 so this, years. Is, this, is, this is definitely starvation stakes. And look, and they'd never, ever won a Tour de France. So um, it wasn't looking great. If you were to back the, uh, the British cycling team at that point, uh, it was a long shot. But in 2003, they actually appointed Dale Brailsford, Dave Brailsford, I should say, um, to uh, the position of performance director. He'd been sort of working around the British cycling team for some time, you know, as a consultant and helping out in all sorts of different ways. Um, at that, at that time, he was a 39-year-old, 30, uh, you know, fit cyclist sort of guy, very streamlined, balding, fit fellow. And, um, and his job was to make overarching improvements to the team. And he came up with this idea, which he called the aggregation of marginal gains. And it really just uh, broke down to this idea that if you improve everything by 1%, you know, break it down, improve it by 1%, then put it all back together, you actually get these significant gains. Um, so, you know, there was the obvious things that they did. They fitted everyone out with biosensors to, to get performance feedback. But then they started just looking at all, everything they could think of. You know, they were looking at the, the seats on their cycle, cycles and sort of going, okay, we, could we get more comfortable seats? Could we put alcohol on the tyres to get better grip on the, on the track? Uh, even could we, can we get everyone you know, to choose the right pillow for themselves and take that with them on travel so that they got better sleep. Uh, they were doing things around washing their hands and even, even painting their team trucks inside all white so that they could see every speck of dirt um, to ensure that, you know, that, that everything was clean, everything was spotless. Well, in just five years, uh, the British cycling team absolutely dominated Beijing Olympics in 2008. They won 60% of all the um, gold medals that are up for, for grabs. And then following that in the London Olympics in 2012, uh, they ended up with nine Olympic records and seven world records. And they continued even on in, in Rio in 2016, where there were at least two thirds of the gold medals were, went to the British team. So they just had this massive, you know, it's just clean sweep, if you like, now, during all this, Brailsford actually moves to focus on the Tour de France. This is around the time of the London Olympics. And the Tour de France winners for Britain just came one after the other. In 2012, Bradley Wiggins, he becomes the first British cyclist to win the Tour de France. Then the next year, his teammate Chris Frome, he wins the race. And then he goes on to win it for 2015, 16 and 17. And then Geraint Thomas, another Brit, he, he wins it in 2018. They actually win it six times in eight years. I mean, it's just phenomenal, you know, sort of change in this team, team's capability. And all through just 
looking, breaking everything down, looking for that 1% improvement, pulling it all together so that they could get overarching significant gains. There you go, Mark. What do you reckon? Oh, that's amazing. And had they won a Tour de France prior to 2012? No, no, they haven't. Never. Never Not won ever. a Tour de France. So. One more. Um, and, you know, it was all mainly dominated by the Europeans. Um, so Brit was way out of it. Of course, you had the Lance Armstrong period, but if you go to Wikipedia, that's all crossed out. There's <laughs> just a line through it. So with some sports, they, they give it to the second place getter. So, or is it they just... I don't think so. It. Well, it didn't look like that when, from what I read. Oh, I actually okay. got this story from uh, James Clear, who wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And he starts off his book with this story. And, and, and here's a point uh, is that, you know, a habit is something you, you build up in small increments. Um, and just like really, really what the British cycling team had done. Uh, and I think the same is true for, for storytelling skills. You know, you build it up through these small increments. You try something out, you give it a go, you know, you, 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 you try it out in all sorts of different ways. And over time, you start to build up your capability. Hmm, cool. Hmm. All right. So what do we like about this story? Yeah, look, I mean, for me, it's a pretty compact story. Right? And you can tell an even shorter version than I just told. Um, in fact, you know, I, I wouldn't, if I was, you know, in different tellings, there'd be a lot of times where I wouldn't even have to throw in half the data that I put in there. Yeah. Well, if I retold this, I wouldn't try to, I might remember Bradley Wiggins. That's the only thing that I could easily say that, you know, they smashed it in Beijing, they smashed it in London, blah, blah, blah. And then six out of eight sort of, I could do that, but I couldn't do the rest of it. So yeah, you could take all that, a lot of the data out and still have a lot of impact. Yeah, you know, and I think if you were doing a big presentation, you know, like in a, oh. uh, you would you would teach yourself the the data because that would actually give you the credibility in that sort of uh, in that forum. But if you were doing it just your team, right? You, if you were just trying to g up your team to make improvements in how everyone was working, you would just do the the pub test version, if you like, without all the data. Yeah. You know? cool. So yeah. So. Um, I, I really liked some of the small bits in that story, like the yeah. pillows. Pillows, like the, right? Yeah. Ah, who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah. But it's a good example of a one percenter, you know, just a tiny little thing, make a big difference. I like the fact that it's, it's sort of taking this idea of complexity where it's impossible to pinpoint the specific thing that's going to make a difference. But if you just try to pull it apart, make improvements, and when you put it back together, some of it will make a big difference. Some will make no difference, right? And you probably won't be able to tell. And you'll never be able to tell, right? In any case, you would never be able to tell. But that's how you improve the overarching system that you're working with, which I think, I think is brilliant. So uh, another thing that I liked is just the, start, the scale of the improvement. The, the turnaround was staggering. Yeah. And even though, I'm, uh, even though I'm not into cycling, I mean, I have a bike. I'm not sure where it is, but I have one. <laughs> um, even though I'm not into cycling, it's still impressive. It's like yeah. it is a significant turnaround. Uh, so uh, also it's a, it's a, uh, a unisex sport. It's not like a male dominated sport. So it, it, yeah. it, it, it gets past that little uh, sporting story test. True. I think the other thing too, is you're talking about topics that most people have a, uh, 
a feeling for. You know, when you're talking about gold medals at the Olympics, people know what that's all about. Talk about Tour de France, even though people may not understand the Tour de France, they've probably heard of the Tour de France. They know it's a big cycling race. They know, you know, you end up, maybe they know you end up with a yellow jersey at the end if you win. Um, and so they, I, I like these stories where, uh, you know, a large proportion of people immediately understand the references you're making. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Olympic gold medal. That's a pretty common reference point. There'd be, there wouldn't be many people that, that don't have that as a, uh, as a reference point. No, no. So that's, I think that's a, a good part of it as well. Hmm. All right. So in terms of making this story even better. Mm, yeah. What do you think? Well, what, one of them for me is that my plausibility alarm went off a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so huge turnaround. I'm wondering if this is my little bit of skeptic, the, the inner skeptic speaking here, was there something else that happened around 2003? You know, where that did, did the, the British uh, Sporting Federation suddenly decide to, to triple the investment in cycling because they were sick of being... Losing <laughs> forever. Uh, you know, did they build a new, uh, new facility, uh, something where they had world-class training facilities, whereas before they had, I, I don't know. But being able to, yeah, that was a little alarm that went off. So a way yes. of tackling that would be. Uh, well, that's an anti-story, isn't it? So you, if you thought that that was going to be something that your audience was going to be concerned about, you would say somewhere in the story, look, I know you might be thinking that maybe, you know, the government poured money into cycling or, or there was some big facilities that built for these guys to use and that pumped up there. Well, it didn't happen, right? The, the, the funding dollars were, you know, the same, they're more or less matched to the CPI or whatever, you know, it's that type of thing you'd have to, of course, you'd have to be make it. You can't make it up. You'd have to be true. You have to go. And, uh, you have to, you'd have to go and find out, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you again, if you're doing the big presentation on stage, then then going and finding it out would be well worthwhile. And then you know, putting the graph up of the funding, you know, the, the cycling funding over the, the ten years or whatever, that mm. would that would help. I like um, the fact that you know when Dave arrives, it takes five years for it to really stick. And then it's almost like a, a flywheel. Once the wheel starts to spin, right, it gets a momentum of its own because he leaves the British cycling team, I think, in 2012. But Rio still smashes it, right? So, you know, it, it's got its momentum. It's really made a difference that's sticking for a longer period than just him being there, right? Oh, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And that's another good business application. So in terms of how would we use this story in a business sense, then that sticking at itness uh, is, a, is, is really good. And I love the flywheel analogy. Yeah. And I'm just trying to remember there is a, there is, a, you know, a, you know, a famous business, you know, sort of thinker at the moment who's talking about flywheels and I can't for the life of me, remember who it is. Someone will, one of our listeners will be able to tell me, but he's just written something on, you know, that analogy. That's where I've got that from. But yeah, I think it's it's totally applicable here. Totally applicable. Yeah. Um, right. So shall we move on to or continue the discussion around how would we use this in a business context? Yeah. 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 I mean, the one that's obvious to me is um, just that, hey, guys, we need to improve our team. What should we do? Well, I've got yep. this, uh, this idea from the British cycling team. Yeah. Tell the story. 
Ah, oh, in fact, yeah. I'm just thinking about something like employee engagement. So folks, we need to improve employee engagement. And, and somebody says, yes, yes, absolutely. We need to invest in, uh, in implementing uh, um, uh, SAP and uh, Workday in combinations. And, you know, like, and they go and do the big thing. And someone goes, well, let me tell you about um, Dale Brailsford and the data. So folks, maybe we should be thinking about the little things that we can do uh, yeah. to improve engagement. Yes. Instead of going for a uh, sugar hit, uh, and spending all our cash on, on one thing. Let's try lots of different things. Yeah, exactly. You know, it would be a great story for that. Oh, yeah. I've I was talking to somebody today and uh, I say, when it comes to employee engagement, here's a good strategy. Stop doing things that piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tactic number one. Yeah. That'll always help. But I like, the, I like the idea too of, hey, look, when things are complex and messy, you know, just thinking you can work out all the cause and effect uh, relationships is a mistake. Another way of doing it, and then you share this story, right? Because this story is, is an in- intervention that's perfectly designed for a complex uh, system. So anyway, I think that, you know, if, if, for example, complexity is something your organization's talking about in those terms, well, then this would make a lot of sense. Well, and I guess back to the countering the major investment proposal where somebody is treating a complex problem as if it's simple and going, we just need to do this one thing and it'll be fixed. Yeah. Then again, you could use that story. Kind of just a slight nuance on that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think this also enables people to get started straight away. You know how sometimes you think, oh, we need the big thing. So we're going to have to do a funding proposal. We're going to have to, you know, do this, that, and the other thing before you get started. Whereas you can say, okay, well, let's take this 1% improvement approach. You could do that the next day. You could start that the next day. You could start it right there. Yeah, like right there and then. Go, okay, folks, like this let's meeting. walk out of here. Ten, min- 10 ideas on tiny little things we can do to improve. Yeah. Oh, can, we, can we stop that door from... from uh, jamming all the time it's just a noise that oh okay yeah i guess we can do that yeah like yeah exactly so i think that would be another great benefit especially if you've got a team that feels a bit stuck right yeah and yep. they felt little um you know they, they don't have any feeling of you know what would you sort of say that ability to get things done anymore you know so that i think is this could be a really good um tonic for them yeah, and giving and it's 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 essentially empowering people. Yeah, you, exactly. you go and figure it out. Yeah, you don't us to, don't need don't need anyone to tell you what to do. You know what to do. Yeah, just go out and make it happen. Um, one that is uh, this is a little sketchy. This business application that uh, I'll throw it out there. Just in, I want to test it, and that is Dale Brailsford. He didn't have a PhD in biomechanics or whatever. He kind of seemed to know a lot of different things. And, but he seemed passionate about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And so often we'll go, let's find the world expert. And I think, well, that's, that's okay. But maybe we should find the person who's really passionate about this topic. So rather than look for the expert, look for the passion. So find yeah, the passion you know, he, and unleash it. I think he started out as an export sales manager for a cycling company and, you know, got involved with the British cycling team. Clearly he was, that was his thing. You could just look at him. He knows, you know, he's a cyclist himself, right? It's something that he lives and breathes. It's something that he just loves to do. So 
um, I think, yeah, I think that could be a really good, um, another, another example of that. Yeah. And of course, if that was the point that you were making, that you're choosing to make with that story, you'd tell the story slightly differently to make that. That's right. You'd have to throw in a little bit about his background and the fact that he's not uh, brought in as a specialist per se, maybe. So, yeah. So I think that could be, that'd be good. Well, Mark, what do you reckon? Should we, um, should we give this a, a rating? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't actually have anything else for this episode. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's give it a rating. So, <laughs> just to didn't have one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> just one more thing. Yeah. Um, so, rating. I'm yep. going to give this a, oh, I'm going to, I try not to do this, but I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Seven and a half, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this an eight. It's a solid eight for me. I, I can really use this, this story. It's one that's going to be relatively easy to, to tell, I think so, uh, and, and, and makes a good point. Yeah, I'll definitely be adding it into my story bank. And, and of course, that's the whole idea is that uh, these stories can be added into everybody's story bank. Uh, and if you get a situation where you need to counter the, the, the big uh, expenditure in IT and instead uh, get people to do things at a local level, well, you can use this story. Yeah. Rightio. Well, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for um, listening to our episode of Anecdotally Speaking. Uh, please feel free to share the podcast around. If you know of anyone you think that would benefit from just having some more stories in their back pocket to be able to share in their organisation to you know, change ideas, make ideas stick, please do that. That, uh, that helps. And give us uh, you know, a, a five-star rating. That always helps as well. Just to help <laughs> people you know, hear about what we're doing, I think that makes a, a big difference. And uh, yeah, as you can probably notice, we're, we're really getting as regular as we can now and getting this podcast out, this episode out every Tuesday morning. And uh, so you just can expect it to be in that inbox ready for you to, to listen to and, and get that next story to, to try out that week. So yeah, tune in next week for yeah, another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.